0: Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9 Then I said I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name but his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was worried with for, forbearing, and I could not stay. And that's what we felt like here reading to you. So If we had a text or a thought, it would be, where is your fire? And uh, I don't believe the Lord has ever saved anybody to sit down. He's never saved you to go back home and never darken the door of the church. He never saved you just to come and sit through a service and go back home and be the same old person you were when you walked in the door. Where's your fire? And uh, so this, and I'm just going to take my time. You pray for a few minutes. This is the prophet Jeremiah, and he was a little discouraged because he had tried to warn his people what was going to come. You know what a prophet does, don't you? They they tell what's going to happen. They 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 predict what's going to happen. And the Lord had revealed to Jeremiah that the people of Babylon were going to come down and that this country, his country, Israel, was going to fall. And he's trying his best to warn his people what was going to come. And people mocked him over it. We can read where they locked him up in a dungeon. And his feet was in the muck and the mire. And even in this chapter, the, the... the man Pasher that was over the the captain of the of the house of the lord whenever jeremiah prophesied he took him out and locked his feet up fast in the stocks and smote him and didn't want to hear what he had to say let me tell you something the gospel is not a popularity contest and i love you and i wouldn't dare Say anything within myself that would hurt anybody. God forbid that I would do that. Jason, I'd rather you just run me off than for me to ever say anything that would hurt anybody within myself. But the Word of God is this, let me just give you what the Scripture says that it is. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. It will come, come in and go in, it's able to separate the bone and the bear. It is a discerner. Now, this is where it hurts. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearts. I'm not a mind reader. All I can preach you is what God gives me, and that's how the King James Version Bible. But I want to preach to you today, where is your fire? Oh, and so Jeremiah tried to warn his people what was going to happen, that they said day after day with the same old determination, that they were going to do the same thing, Never going to change. Never going to try to do any better or do any different. And if you read what happened in the Word of God, Jeremiah's words came to pass that that country fell they took the best and the brightest down to Babylon they took the, the, the cups. they took the treasures out of the house of God the precious vessels and they defiled them and they ruined them and I want to preach you this I've preached it before I'm going to preach it again we've got some of the most precious vessels at Dutch bottoms that you've ever laid your eyes on. I'm not talking about the collection plate or the vase that the flowers are in. I'm talking about your precious children. They're vessels for the Lord. They're vessels to be lifted up and to be treasured. And Satan would like to nothing better than to drag them out in the world and destroy them and defile them. And if we sin and we don't kindle the flame, they'll be gone. Chester mentioned to me about a church he went to this week. Very few young people. You know why it's that way? And I'm not casting anything on that church, Chester. It's everywhere we go. You know why it's that way? It's because me and you as parents failed. (coughs) Train up a child. Do you believe the King James 1st Bible? I know this is plain. Train up a child in the way it should go and when it is old it will not depart from it. It didn't say they'd always be on shouting ground. The church went and helped out John and Marie the other day right here's their daughter. She'll tell you herself she's not always been on shouting ground. But she knows where home was. She knowed where that she could find the Spirit. She knowed where she could go back to. Folks, they might not always be. And I've seen churches, the first time a youngin' get in trouble, they wanted to to exclude them. They wanted to dissolve their membership and turn them out. I believe in church discipline, but I believe, number one, God is love. And we better love them even when they do falter and fail. Jeremiah lamented. Jeremiah cried. Jeremiah prophesied and tried his best to warn his people what was going to happen. We have two books in the Bible, Jeremiah and Lamentations, where Jeremiah warns and and pleads and begs with his people to get right, to change things, to, to get back to the ways of the Lord. Oh, and and he got discouraged and he got distressed and we've all been there there's always been times in our lives every one of us where we weren't on shouting ground where we weren't at at the top of the mountain where we went through valleys where we went through trials where we went through tribulation and where we said I just can't do it anymore Jeremiah said I'll just not speak anymore of his name I'll not talk of him anymore they've locked me up They've abused me. They've bugged me. They've scored me. I'll not talk anymore of his name. But when he got right down to it, he couldn't be quiet. There was a fire that was shut up in his vault and it had to get out. Whenever Jesus lives on the inside, he'll shine through the best you can do. Jeremiah prophesied on. If you read on down, he said about this time tomorrow, talked about what a donkey's head would sell for and how much a flower would sell for. And one of the men spoke up against him then. And he said, you'll see it, but you'll never be able to take part of it. And you know what happened? Jeremiah's prophecy came true. The man was trampled as people ran out of the city. Oh. Where's your fire? We read where this same prophet, I believe it was Jeremiah, was down in Samaria And the Syrians had surrounded the city with all their chariots and all their horses. You may be here today and feel surrounded. Just every hand. I've been there. Lots of our folks have been there. Just feel surrounded. Everywhere you turn, there's trouble. Just can't get, think you might get an hour or two break just to sit down with some peace. And your phone rings and it's more trouble and more trouble, turn around think you might be able to get back to work just to have an hour's peace, just to get back to the routine and you get to work and there's more trouble, just surrounded on every hand, and there was Jeremiah and his little servant there, and the servant began to worry because everywhere he turned, there was trouble no matter which way he looked, there was no way, seemed like, of getting away from it, of getting out of it, he was surrounded on every side, and he went to Jeremiah and he said, "What?" We're gonna do? How are we gonna get any help? How are we gonna survive? How are we gonna get out of the place that we're in? And Jeremiah said, Son, there be more with us than there be with them. Oh, it may have been 40 years since you down on this altar and Jesus saved your soul. It may have been a long time since tears rolled down your face and you rejoiced. It may have been a long time. Since that little flame that Jesus put on the inside of you when he saved you has flickered up and you've been overcome and your face, remember Moses when he came down off of the mountain? He was, I'd say you could say he was on fire for God. Would you agree with that statement? His face was so bright that the congregation of the children of Israel couldn't even look on him. His countenance was so bright. Oh, help us, Lord, that we could be revived. Until we can shine out all over God County. Amen. 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 Jeremiah said there'd be more with us. Now look here's Chester. Saved many, many years ago. But I can't look at him and see salvation. He's not wearing a sign that says, I'm saved, and you don't either, do you? You may watch his behavior. You may watch where he goes on Wednesday night, on Sunday morning, on Sunday night. You may hear the words that come out of his mouth and realize that, hey, he doesn't say a lot of things that other people do. But as far as seeing his salvation... I can't. That's between him and the Lord. They worked that out themselves a long time ago. Oh, but folks, you're just like him. He can't see mine either. But let me tell you something. The old servant of of the prophet was worried. He was concerned because he saw trouble on every hand. But the prophet said, there be more with us than there is with them we look around today and our churches are struggling We look around today and churches that used to have 75 or 80 people are down to 25 and 30. Churches that used to be 150, 200 are down to 75 and 80. And lots of empty pews no matter which church door you walk through. And it looks discouraging, don't it? And we turn on the TV and they're celebrating. And you're not going to like this. There will be some people that won't. They're celebrating homosexuality. They're celebrating alcohol. They're celebrating sin. Sin, sin, sin. That's what it is. That's what the King James Version calls it. And that's what I'm duty bound to preach to you as your pastor. It looks bad, don't it? Because sin is celebrated everywhere. Our church houses are sitting with pews empty. And it looks like we're in a world of trouble. But I've got news for you today. There's some people with some fire. And there's more of that than there is of hell. You just need to stoke the fire. Yes, sir. We need to stir around in the ashes a little bit. The song. Remind me, dear Lord. Show me where you brought me from And where I could have been Jason I could have been burning in hell right now But Jesus saved my soul Oh that's where I could have been I could have been I got in my car this morning I headed this direction I could have met someone head on And been dead in the morgue right now I could be laying in the hospital unconscious, Out of my mind But I'm here By the grace of God I need to be thankful And praise him And let that fire candle and and make my light shine so that all would know that I'm one of his children where's your fire the prophet said there be more with us than there is with them and when the servant looked this is just an ordinary crowd I might even see your face again at Walmart or I might even see your face again at the doctor's office or or the pharmacy or at the theater, but I'd like to see you with your fire kindled. I'm not talking about the little device. I'm talking about that stuff that's on the inside of you that can't be denied. We like to watch those crime shows in our house. And inevitably, over the last 20 years, they all end with, and then they found DNA. And the DNA proved that this person was who we thought it was. How long has it been since you checked your DNA? Who you belong to? Who's your father? Who rescued you from hell? Who was there when nobody else could help you to answer your prayer? I'm telling you, I belong to him. If you you checked my natural DNA, these folks right here, Bill and Bula, know my mom and dad? Ever since before I was born, they could swear and they could make a statement that I am their child. But to know for sure, they would have to take the blood, the DNA, and check that. They would see that I belong to J.D. Strange and Pat Strange. But I've got some spiritual DNA. I belong to the Heavenly Father. And I belong to the Mother Church. And I want everybody to know I'm proud. Oh, who I belong to! Mm-hmm. I don't know why I gotta preach this. Some of you. Bobby's known my dad for years. Juanita's known my dad for years. If you know him, he turned gray early. Marvin's back there. He's a strange. If you know a strange certain characteristics we all have. It's part of our lineage. It's part of our DNA. I hope that the characteristics I have of my Heavenly Father shine through. I hope the Bible said God is love. I hope that shines through me. God, help me to, to show that. Oh, I hope that I show the empathy that Jesus did while he was walking here on the earth, that I show the kindness. That I show the long-suffering. That I show how my Father abides in me. I want everybody. I don't need it. God help me to never need a sign. God help me to never have to wear a t-shirt or to have a bumper sticker or a tag on my car. I want it to be so evident. When you look on my face, you say that must be one of His. Where's your fire? The prophet looked. I I need to finish that. The prophet looked and he looked to the hills and there was chariots of fire all around. Everywhere he looked. Everywhere he looked there was more of them than there was of the Syrians. You know why they had gathered down there? Because the Syrian king had wanted to wanted to meet the king of Israel and to destroy him and every time that the Syrian king decided what he was going to do the Lord whispered in the prophet's ear and the prophet told the king of Israel not to go there so the king of Syria decided just to go after the prophet and he had him surrounded and the the servant was worried so God took care of that too the prophet asked the Lord to cause a blindness to cause fall on those men. And whenever he did, the prophet took the king of Syria and all his soldiers and led them right down to Samaria and set them right in the camp where the king of Israel was. And the king of Israel had enough sense about him to ask the man of God what he should do. Should he destroy him? And you know what? The prophet had to say oh there's people done me wrong I'd like to fix that I'd like to get them bad they bad mouthed me they talked about me I'd like to tell them exactly what I think you know what the prophet had to say about the enemies of Israel he said feed them he said sit them down give them a good meal and send them on their way and you know what happened as a result they never again came back to trouble Israel He looked a whole lot like that man that is loved, didn't he? Oh, where's your fire? Where's your fire? I'm going to tell this. I don't think about man. When I first came here, I used to aggravate Becky and Lisa about being spark plug, Spark plugs. You know what spark plugs do, don't you? They cause a little spark that sets the gas aflame, makes the engine run. You know what happens when the spark plugs fell out? They don't exert any ignition, do they? That spark is not there. And you know what happens? The engine don't run. Right. You ever drove a car where a plug was fouled out Oh, it'll miss. It'll sputter. And it's just not right till you get a plug in there that'll fire. Your church needs you to fire. Your church needs you. Preacher, I'm just not eloquent. I'm not well spoken. Moses wouldn't either, and he led the people, children of Israel out of Egypt. Folks. To my knowledge, (coughs) and I'll hush here in a minute, to my knowledge, we all have that thing between our teeth that's called a tongue, don't you? To my knowledge, no one here is on a respirator. You can breathe, you can draw in a great big breath, and let it out, don't you? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Lord. Karen, her family was here earlier. They suffered a great tragedy about a week ago. Lost their patriarch. That could have been my family. That could have been your family. We're here. We're blessed. Let's praise the Lord. Well, preacher, don't well me. You got four beautiful daughters. Let's praise the Lord. They're healthy. They're smart. Let's praise the Lord that he blessed you. You've got a family, brothers and sisters, that bless one another. You're there when you need each other. Let's praise the Lord that he's blessed you. God's watched over you. Yes, he has. The mountain could have slid right down and wiped you out, mm-hmm. even took your life. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's got his head of protection right there on you. Yes, he does. Let's praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Roger's give you health and strength to provide for this wonderful family that you've got. He's watched over them, protected them. tired of sickness and distress, let's praise the Lord. I'm telling you today, he's done more for you than anybody you've ever known. He's granted you with this day. He's given you health and strength and he rescued your soul from a burning hell. It's, he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our honor. I'm so glad that he saved a wretch like me. How about you? You a testimony to praise him with. Let's praise him. Gave you a fine, fine family. That's there for one another. It's worth praising him over. Back here sits Robert and Bobby. Wonderful homes, wonderful wives grandchildren, great-grandchildren. What a fine, fine family God's blessed you with. Let's praise Him. He's worthy, Eddie. He's watched over you, Gene. He's been there for you. When your heart was broken, He had the answer. Aren't you glad that we serve a living Savior? Amen. You've had sickness... You worried, he was troubled, but he said he'd never leave you. He'd never forsake you. He's still. You got a companion that's the, the best you could ever ask for. But you got a friend that's sticketh closer than a brother. Let's praise him. Let's worship made him. isn't he wonderful. Oh, let everything that hath breath. Where's your fire? He's blessed you. You went through major, major surgeries that could have sidelined you. You might not have never got out of the bed again, but he gave you health and strength to come back and worship him. Let's praise the Lord. I'm not an automotive expert, but I do know this. A three-cylinder or a four-cylinder car just won't run as fast as an eight-cylinder. Is that right? I believe I'm right in that, boys. You guys that are automotive people. I'm saying that to say this. The more sparks we've got, the higher the flame's going to get. And the easier it's going to be for your people. See Jesus. Oh. Let me say this. You remember Paul and Silas? They were thrown in jail? Cast in the inner prisoner, feet bites, and socks in the midnight hour, as before they had electricity, so I'd imagine it was a very, very dark place. Bleeding where they had been beaten. We want to complain if we receive a little tongue lashing. Lord help us. These men were beaten until they cut the blood out of them. We get a little finger, a little paper cut. We'll sling that finger, put it in our mouth. We'll holler and carry on. These men had the hide cut off their back until the blood poured down. They didn't run home saying, Oh me, oh my. They went away praising the Lord because they were counted worthy to suffer pain for his name, to suffer shame for him. You know why they could do that? They had that fire in their bones. Had that fire. (coughs) It gave him a desire to lift up the name of Jesus. Where's your fire? Paul and Silas in the midnight hour, blood pouring down their back, in with the meanest and vilest of men. No doubt as they walked down the corridor to the inner to the cell where the inner prison was, men were cursing. Men were saying all kinds. It's a prison, folks. It wasn't a church. And let me, let me just cover this. If you wouldn't say it on the altar, you don't need to say it outside the doors of the church. It was a prison. Men who didn't regard religion at all. Have you ever been in one? I used to go and teach GED on Saturdays. They didn't care what they said. They didn't care what they had done. They were mean. They were vile. They were unrepentant. And they had no love for anybody. And Paul and Silas were right there in the middle of all of them. And the darkness that surrounded them, they were beaten. And no doubt they wondered what might happen next. But in the midnight hour, their light began to shine. In the midnight hour, that jailer that called for a light didn't need one because it was already shining. In the midnight hour, Paul and Silas began to sing and to begin to pray and sing praises. And the mean, violent men heard them. So when the earthquake came, and the prison door swung open, the mean, violent men sat still because they had already seen the light. I don't care how dark it is around you. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Where is your fire? We got a gas fireplace at the house. Some of y'all probably have gas appliances. It's got a pilot light on it. And I usually turn it off in the summer and I light it one time in the fall. And then the pilot just burns all winter long. And if it gets cold in the house and we need that fireplace to warm things up, I go over and I turn that knob. Fire pops up and it burns. and 15 minutes, the whole house is warm. And when it's warm, I can turn that back down and that pilot will just sit there and burn. Your pilot light's still burning. You need to stoke the flame a little bit. I've seen folks in wood fireplaces, they'd take that poker. They'd move the wood in closer together so it'd touch and it'd burn. You may not even be able to see those orange flames. The wood all might have burned down in just ash embers. But if you take that poker, if you take a stick and you stir it around a little bit, you'll see them flames begin to burn. Mm -hmm. They're still there. They're still burning. How long is it in? Would a man light a candle and put it under a bushel? No, he'd take it and set it up where it could give light to the whole house. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, but I go away. Now whose responsibility is it? Who's supposed to let their light shine? Who, Who is it that's supposed to be the light? Who is it that's supposed to stir that fire up? on the inside I preached you this I guess it was Wednesday night David said my cup is full and runneth over if you want to stoke the fire you get to thinking about all the things God has blessed you with you get to thinking about all the times he's been there and Jason there's been some of them times in my life where it had to be God there not nobody else, no other way to explain it. It had to be God. All the times he's been there for you when it seemed so hopeless and helpless and yet he, he came through for you one more time, that's the way to stoke the flame. That's the way to kindle the fire. Where is your fire? Paul and Silas prayed at midnight and the prisoners heard them. The earthquake came, the prison door swung open, and the jailer, supposing they had all fled, drew out his sword and would have killed himself. But they spoke up and said, Do thyself no harm, for we are all, all, even the mean, vile sinner men. We're all, all here. There is something about praising the name of Jesus that gets men's attention. Whenever you shine that light, it'll make a difference. If it's just saying a prayer. We try to say grace when we eat. We were sitting at a restaurant the other day, and there was a man and his wife. They sat there with their food, and before they picked up anything, they held hands, and they said grace. He didn't pray all over the, where the a whole restaurant could hear him. But I could just tell they held their hands, they dropped their heads, and he said a little prayer. And I couldn't help it. When we left, I walked by his table. I just tapped it. And I said, pray on. You may not think nobody's watching, but the world is. They see you. They see you kindling the flame. They see you stoking the fire. Ye are. The light of the world. This world is a dark, dark place. Jesus is the only hope that they have. And if they see him, it's going to be through me and you. That's it. There's no other hope. We're the church. Amen? There's no other way that our people can see Jesus unless they see him through us. So when Satan comes knocking, and he will... I'm your pastor. He comes aggravating aggravate me too, Chuck. When Satan comes knocking, and he will, probably today for me, probably today he'll come by. You know how he comes by? He comes by right through here. This is his biggest weapon right here between my ears. He'll come by. And when he does... I just need to kindle the flame a little bit. I need to stoke the fire a little bit. He can't stand the heat. He's cold. How about you? <laughs> Revelation says this. I don't know why i got to say it. Jesus said, I work that you are hot or cold. Because if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. You might have just been staying close enough to keep from freezing to death. You better get on up close to the fire. Because you've got sinners in your life. I've got sinners in my life. I've got relatives, I don't know about you, I've got relatives I very seldom see. Just once or twice a year, if there's a death, or if there's a wedding, Special occasion of some sort. I know they're lost. I better have the fire started. Amen. Or I might miss an opportunity mm-hmm. to share Jesus. Yeah. Where's your fire? Fire will move you. Did you know that? I had a lighter and I came by Faith and I got right near her face, she'd move. She'd jump. Fire will move. It won't let you sit still. Where's your fire? It's been a long, long time since that fire. Let me tell this. My poor old mom, years ago when I was a kid, We didn't have trash pickup. We lived out in the county, right on the county line. We didn't have trash pickup. So you know what we had? Daddy had a big 55-gallon drum. It sat right down on the corner of the property. And they took the trash down there, and they put that trash in that 55-gallon drum, and they lit it on fire. Till one day, the wind was blowing just a little bit. And the wind picked fire up out of the 55-gallon ground. And that pasture field, right there by Mom and Dad's house, caught on fire. I'd like for the fire to be so kindled in me that it blows off and stirs your fire up. And yours blows off and stirs his fire up. I'd like for the fire to get so big till it consumes the whole congregation. That's why we need revival. That's why we need. I can tell you you're good, and you would have no ill will toward me, would you? I can tell you we're all right, just like we are, and we'd go home thinking everything was A-OK. But what I've got to tell you this morning is we need to kindle the fire. We need good old heartfelt testimonies with tears that says I love the Lord. We need good old time testimonies that says I'm not as good a person as I should be and I want you to forgive me. I've asked the Lord to forgive me and I want to serve him and I want to kindle my flame again. We need people that love the Lord. We can all say that, can't we? I love the Lord. We can say that. But what are we doing about it? If I tell you, be warm and be blessed, and I don't provide you any food or any clothing to shelter you so that you can be warm. What do those words mean? They're just idle words. And the Bible says we'll give account for every idle word. Love shows itself, folks. We need to candle the flame. Where is your fire?